All right! Welcome to the Highlander Rewatch Podcast, where every week we bring you another nostalgic look at the Highlander universe. I'm one of your rewatchers. I'm Keith. This is Kyle. This is Eamon. And this week we have something special for you. This week we are bringing you our first long-lost episode. Ooh. How long was it lost? Just in time for Halloween. Going on two years, I'll say. Uh, so two years ago, we interviewed a number of people at the Highlander Worldwide Convention in L.A. The hope was that these interviews would be used for some larger fan montage or as part of some other episodes recapping the conventions. As these things go, not all the material we recorded was able to be used at the time, but we wanted to release it now to commemorate the second year anniversary of the convention. Uh, the other reason is I'm not really in these episodes, so I figured, you know. No need for the the fans to hear it. Oh, yes, wow. that's all right. <laughs> yeah, right. This has all been Keith's vanity project. All <laughs> exactly, along. guys. Uh, two years in. Do you guys have any fond memories uh, of the convention? Many, many. Yeah, having drinks with many of our new bros, such as Clay Boris. New bros. New bros. <laughs> new bros. Uh, like Clay Boris and Richard Martin eating crazy burritos in the uh, mm-hmm. the lobby. Crazy burritos and doing that our own panel. That yeah. was a blast. The panel was awesome. How about you, Eamon? Yeah, uh, the panel was great. Meeting a lot of people that I only met through emails was pretty awesome. Yeah, that was cool. Um, Good friends of the show, like David Ace G. Yeah. That's right. Wendy Colton, P. Wendy Colton. P. All hey. sorts of people. Stan so, Kirsch. Wait, we hear from some of these people? Also, me, Stan Kirsch, was a real blast. He's uh, a super nice guy. Yeah. He's a man. very nice person. So, guys, uh, what follows are four interviews done mostly on the first and second day of the convention. Uh, first up, we interviewed the creator of the Highlander drinking game, Wendy P. Uh, in the interview, we asked for some new rules for the drinking game. So if you have any ideas or suggestions, make sure to send them to highlanderrewatched at gmail.com. And it's time for us to update the drinking game, I think. Uh, I'm sure we've started doing a bunch of new annoying shit that deserves its own (laughs) rule. Absolutely. That's right. Uh, So second up, Eamon interviews Highlander and podcast fan Colton D. They were both looking forward to the open bar at the Highlander meet and greet dinner. Hey, guys, uh, how'd you feel about that open bar? Uh, I don't think I got anything from (laughs) it. No, I think they cut that open bar. Yeah. No one enjoyed that. got yelled at for taking out alcohol. That's right. Well, they (laughs) cut the open bar for, I guess, cost-related reasons and so I went up and put a case of beer in my backpack, and they saw us drinking beers from it and kicked Somebody us out. Somebody yelled at us. Yes. We chugged those beers real quick. In our third interview, Kyle goes toe-to-toe a second time with his sword experience sparring partner, Michael, to discuss training with Adrian Paul. Plus, Michael puts on his professorial hat to tell us all about 90s syndicated TV aesthetic and production. What was that word? Professorial? Synagated? <laughs> did I say synagated? You did. Make sure to Senegative? check it, Make sure to check out Highlander on YouTube on Synodinegated. Synagated? Synagated. Synagated. Synodine. Wow. And finally, Kyle and Eamon sit down with the creators and producers of the stop motion fan film Highlander Veritas to talk about the return to stop motion and some very exciting sequel casting news. So thanks again for joining us this week, and we will be back next week to talk about Highlander the series, season five, episode seventeen. The modern Prometheus. I prefer the classic Prometheus. Sure. All right, so we are here at the first day of the Highlander Worldwide 25th Anniversary Highlander Convention, and I am here with Highlander Rewatch listener Colton. Colton, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing great. You know, we're here. We're I get to meet you. You're like a celebrity to me because I. <laughs> Seen your name on our Facebook page all the time. The troll so, is real. Yeah, it's nice to meet you <laughs> in the flesh, as it were. So where where are you coming from? Uh, my girlfriend Anna and I are coming from Albuquerque, New Mexico. 
we drove in, came in, just got in this morning, just kind of taking it easy, yeah. getting ready for the sword experience at two, and just kind of hanging out. Thought I'd swing by and meet the rewatchers. Great, we're glad you did. Mm-hmm. Um, and are are you excited for the sword experience? I am. Yeah. I am. Uh, I brought my own wooden boken. Oh, okay. And I came prepared. Asked, asked the lady if if I could use it. And she said Adrian would have to answer that question. Oh boy, he has the final say on, you mm-hmm. know. So we'll see. Ooh. I mean, it's fine. Is that intimidating? Yeah. Yeah. What if he says no? Ooh. Then. Well, if he, that'll be, I'll be like, yes. He'll sir, just whatever. give you one, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. You get to you. Do you have to pay for them? It was extra if you want to keep it. Oh, okay. And he'll autograph it. But Ooh. I was like, oh well. That's nice. Since I have one, yeah. I you have one already. You'll have to tell me how that goes. Okay. Yeah. So what about Highlander brings you all the way to Los Angeles? I think that Highlander is probably the first nerdy thing I kind of got into. Was it the TV show or the movie that started you out? As a matter of fact, Highlander 2 was the first one I saw, and I thought it was fantastic. You loved it. How old were you? I was eight, (laughs) Eight. I believe. That that came out in 90. I probably saw it on video video cassette in 91. So not appropriate for you to see. No. At all. No, no. (laughs) Um, But I kind of got the gist of the game, so to speak. And then about a year later, the TV show came out. And okay. I was like, great, there's going to be a TV show of this. And, you know, much different. Yeah, but uh, I especially sp- from Highlander 2. Yeah. Like, it's night and day. Still got into Still it. Still dug it. And I got my mom to watch it. Oh. And the, she loved it. Yeah. Why did she like it, do you think? Adrian, I think. Yeah. <laughs> that was a leading question, but yeah. But it, Are uh, you going to send her a picture? Yeah, yeah, when we get back. That's yeah. great. Um, at, at the time, it was on before X-Files, so that became like our Friday night oh, ritual. Oh, that's fun. That's like a nice double whammy. Yeah, for like mm. the first season and maybe a little bit into the second season, it was Highlander at 7 and then X-Files at 8. That's great. And like they filmed, they both filmed in Vancouver, so oh, that must have been a weird like... They all I, they've had to have shared locations, oh, yeah. I would imagine. I mean, and, I, and I've meant to like go look at some of those other shows that have filmed in Vancouver to see if they repeat, you know, so. But yeah, so then got into the show and then followed it until then it started dancing around syndication and it was mm-hmm. kind of hard to like, oh, is it on Saturdays? Yeah. Is it on Sundays? And then didn't even know it had canceled for a cool. while, like, because they were still doing repeats. And yeah. then I was like, oh, I, I guess that show's over, you know. It was harder when we were, you know, or back then, like, to realize something was canceled or, like, unless you read the trades. And there was no, like, fanfare, like, for those syndicated shows. Like, right. You would just not see it anymore. It wasn't, like, the final Seinfeld, which was, like, all over everywhere this day and time. Yeah. Be there, record it, you know. When did you finally see the first movie? I think it was sometime after seeing, like, the first season. And I was like, oh, th- this is much better than... Highlander 2. Yeah. Well, it's, I, I'm glad you liked it, because what if you were like, this is nothing like Highlander 2. I hate this. Like, objectively better movie. Yeah. But it's, like, not what you want. It's, like, not giving you hoverboards and yeah. crazy future aliens nuts. And yeah. I don't know why I said nuts. Well, I guess he grabs the guy by the nuts at that one part. So that works. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm. The, uh, there John go. C. Riley. John C. McGinley. McGinley. Yeah, what if Riley. John C. Riley was in Highlander 2? That would be great. That w- you know, it would be. And Will Ferrell. <laughs> this would be that would be that good. Step Brothers Two mm. should be follow the same plot points as Highlander Two with yep. like a shield and mm-hmm. I think I think it could be done. I'm down with that. 
So do you have any uh, other exciting things you're looking forward to today? Anything really getting your dander up? Is that a <laughs> phrase? I'm looking forward to the meet and greet. Yeah. You know. That should be just fun. Just being able to chit-chat. I, I, I think, like, the cool thing about Highlander is, for those of us that have remained fans throughout the years, it's now kind of like a niche mm-hmm. kind of thing. You know, this is m- more low-key, more intimate, mm-hmm. you know. So, I mean, just, just having, like, a couple minutes to chit-chat about, like, a show that's great. Like, yeah. y- you wouldn't get this with, like, Star Trek or... right. You'd, you'd get a handshake and a smile at a yeah. table, probably. In a long line. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to just, you know, you know, they say there's an open bar at the meet and greet. So Ooh. that might help. That's what it says on the on the thingy. So maybe that'll help conversations kind of get going. And, you yeah. know, just looking forward to paying respect to people who have given me years of entertainment and something to talk about. Definitely. And that open bar, that's going to help. <laughs> so... We usually ask this question of everybody. Uh, would you want to be immortal if you had the opportunity? Definitely. You know, there's just, just too much to do, too much to see. That threat of inevitable beheading would would be... You know, that's the thing is, like, you know, you can get in a car accident at any time in your mortal life. Yeah. And you try to do the best you can with that. I mean, just because they can survive a car accident but then have this looming threat that's just makes it more real for them to then go do something with their immortal life you know yeah. and i think i don't know how i do as a swordsman but i think having that opportunity to at least not have to worry about getting old what kind of classes do i have to take in the next five years so i can retire with a little bit of savings you know no. just putting that question out of your head and i think it would be an amazing gift more than a curse so. yeah well, Colton, it was very nice to speak with you. Nice and to meet you, you in the flesh. Yeah. <laughs> and we'll be talking throughout the weekend, probably. Yeah. So we're going to have some fun. Yeah, and, and if I have any more memes, I'll throw them up on the Please Facebook do. Page. Please do. <laughs> and tell us how the sword experience goes. I will. Yeah. Sounds good. Colton, thank you, thank you very much. All right, so we are at day one of the Highlander Worldwide 25th anniversary convention. I almost said LashCon, which is not good. And we are here with uh, Highlander Rewatched drinking game creator, Wendy. Wendy, hello. Hi. How are you? I'm doing great. I love being here. And is this your first Highlander Worldwide or no? This is my first Highlander Worldwide, but not my first Highlander convention. Oh, okay. What, what other ones did you hit? Well, I went to the CindyCons in 1997 okay. and 1998. Hmm. Can you tell us a little bit about those? That was a very long time ago. But what I can tell you is that's where I became a Highlander fan. Okay. You didn't have exposure beforehand? I did not. Wow. So why did you go? I went to the Cindy Cons because they were Forever Night conventions. Oh. And because of Gillian and Donna and the connection with them, it was run as a joint Highlander Forever Night convention. That's awesome. Yes. We were thinking about doing like a break of episodes talking about Forever Night. Would the, you think people would be into that? I do. I think there's a lot of overlap fans. Yeah, we, Keith watched one of them in preparation for the Gillian Horvath interview, and he, he was very entertained. So yes. 
we might have to do that. So where, where are you in from? I'm coming in from central Wisconsin. And how was your flight in? The flight had a little bit of turbulence, but was otherwise fine. Did you get a drink or anything no. on the flight? Any snacks? Uh, just some cookies. Oh, I got, cookies. I got ginger ale on the flight. Oh, okay. Well, that's a drink. Yeah. That's well, a liquid. The irony of me creating a drinking game is that I don't drink. Oh, that is weird. <laughs> yes. I, sh- I don't want to call you weird. I am weird. That's, that's okay. Oh, okay. The shoe fits. Yes. So what prompted you to create the Highlander Rewatched drinking game? You know, to me, it's just one of those things that every fandom needs to have. It seems to be a fandom staple. And when I fell in love with the Rewatched podcast, and I really am in love with the podcast. Thank you so much. You're too kind. I also caught on very fast that there were a lot of repeated behaviors. That's right. And that just begged a drinking game. We have this, or we had it pinned as our pinned tweet. On Twitter, so if you're not familiar with the drinking game, it's also on our Facebook page, but we'll repost it whenever we post this. I can't really remember the rules. Could you? Do you remember any of the rules that you? Uh, could I remember some of them. One of them's like me saying "yeah," which yeah. I do all yeah, the yeah. time. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> you do that a lot. I do. And one I didn't add, but I should have, was every time Kyle says "Jesus Christ." Oh, does he say that a lot? Yes, he does. Wow. Well, we do have that explicit. Or is yes. he just praying? I don't know. I don't think so. You don't think that's what it is? No, there were just a lot I didn't notice right away, or I did, and I just thought it was, I didn't want to hit you with too much too fast. Yeah, that's Other fair. people can always add. Yeah, we can have addendums and uh, just make it a, a work in progress, like a tapestry or something. Absolutely. Does that make sense? A yes. tapestry? So what are you excited about to I be here? I am excited for the meet and greet. And for the Stan Kirsch acting class. Yeah, that's right. You mentioned that uh, you were excited to take that class and maybe incorporate it in your teaching skills. I am, yes. That should be exciting. So what about Highlander makes you fly in here from Wisconsin? What prompted you to get on that plane? I think it's the immensity of the stories. They can cover all time and space into the past, present, future. But as you brought up so often on the the podcast, they deal with the big moral questions. And those never get answered, which means they never get old. That's a great point. I mean, Highlander really does tackle some of these big questions on, like, loyalty and what it means to be a good person and what it means to forgive someone. Hopefully this convention isn't that heavy, but it's fun at the same time. Yeah. Somehow. And yeah, that's that's what makes Highlander great. I think it is. Do you have like a favorite Highlander character or moment or episode? I can answer all of those. Do all of them. My favorite character is by far Richie and always oh, has wow. been. Oh, wow. Richie Ryan? Yes, Richie Ryan. Wow. I don't think I've heard that yet. I, I am, love Richie, by the way. Oh, I know. I've caught on to that. Yeah. In fact, that was one of the things that made me fall in love with the podcast is when I realized that you guys weren't Richie haters. Yeah, we love Richie. Are, are there Richie haters? Out oh, there? absolutely. Ooh. We're we're still like relatively babies to the fandom, so that kind of surprises me. But I really appreciate how you're able to bring a critical eye to what the writers did wrong with him at the same time as you can say, hey, we still love this character. Yeah, I mean, I spoiled myself in my rewatch and know what happens to him. So that'll be interesting to unfold live on the podcast. Now, see, I'm one of the original members of Clan Denial. Never happened. Oh, could you explain what that is to Clan our Denial. and to me? <laughs> Clan Denial are the fans who refuse to accept that Richie died on the show. Ooh, is this like a big faction? It is. That's really interesting. Yeah. That's kind of like people that pretend like none of the other Star Wars movies were made right. beyond the first three. 
I'm going to have to research into this. If you read the blurb for tomorrow's Stan Kirsch uh, panel, not the acting thing, but where he talks about his character, the blurb starts with, there's no clan denying it. Yes. That's what that means? Yes. You cleared up a mystery. We were actually reading that over and over again. We had no idea what it meant. Yes. Wow. You solved it. I can't I wait did. to tell That's the what fellas. That's amazing. Wendy, solving mysteries. Are you teaching us? You're a teacher. So I am a teacher. I teach English. So what about a uh, Richie favorite character? Okay, Richie's my favorite character. My favorite moment on the show. Uh, you know, I really love Line of Fire. Yes, that's one of our favorites. I notice, and one of my favorite moments is his second confrontation with Donna when they're arguing about the sword. I just love how that shows the conflict of trying to be immortal in a normal world, and that's one of the draws of Highlander for me, is that ever-present pressure. I mean, it's like pressure from all sides, pressure from other immortals trying to kill you, but then also pressures from those of you who you share your life with and want to know why you have a sword in your bedroom. Exactly. And then my favorite episode, oddly enough, is Methuselah's Gift. Ooh. Now, this is going to be one we're going to talk about in the future. Yes. But why don't you talk a little bit about why that's your favorite episode? Um, Because it's uh, Amanda and Mythos-centric. So... Uh, we get to see a story that isn't where Duncan is the hero, although he does show up and help. But we also get to see more of their own lives explored on the show in a way where we can see what their consequences were. That's great. I'm looking forward to watching that. Yes. I don't know if I've ever seen that one. Actually. Really? Yeah. Because like my like I'm the I watched it when I was a kid, right? And then I never really watched it again. Mm-hmm. So I don't even know if I saw every episode. So it's 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 really new. Like, I'll see certain ones, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember this. The biggest one was The Lamb. That's the one I remember most from when I was a kid. That one resonated me right. with me for some reason, I guess because there's a kid in it. We ask this to a, a lot of our guests. Um, would you want to be immortal if you were given the opportunity? You know, if you had asked me when I was originally entering the Highlander fandom, I would have said absolutely. From where I am 25 years later, I don't think so. I have a daughter now. I have a husband now. I would not want to have to bury them. That's a good point. And I spent a lot of my own 20s looking significantly younger than I was. And it wasn't fun. You don't drink. I don't drink. So you didn't get... Well, you might have gotten carded a lot. I got carded all the time up until I was about 35. That's annoying. Yes. Especially after a certain age. I got carded for R-rated movies until I was 35. Uh, that's really annoying. 35? 35. Oh, my God. That's terrible. <laughs> and my husband and I used to go to the casino a lot because we lived about 20 minutes away from one. And he's three years younger than me. He never got carded. Guess who did? Every single time. Was it you? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> that was me. Does he have, like, a beard or anything? He has a beard, okay. and it's a beard that's gone gray. Mm. Okay. So that's why he doesn't get carded. Yeah. If he shaved it, would he get carded? Nope. Yeah, okay. (laughs) So uh, any parting thoughts for our listeners before you venture on to Highlander Worldwide? I'm sorry you guys aren't here. This is going to be a great weekend. Yeah, we're sorry you aren't here too. But uh, thank you, Wendy, for talking to us. Thank you. It's a pleasure. All right, so we are here in the aftermath of an amazing sword experience with uh, Michael. 
Yeah, this is Kyle speaking for those at home who don't know my voice. But, Michael, how do we get to know each other? I feel like we have a special bond right now that's kind of important. We have a special bond for going through not only the sword experience with Mr. Adrian Ball, who's standing right beside, behind me at the moment, packing up, um, but uh, we cross swords, you and I, Kyle. It's during true. the day in the sword experience, and we were paired together. It was, it was, and you bested me pretty fairly, I'd say. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, there were no injuries of any kind, though. You know, right, there were no. Right. Uh, yeah. There was a non-fatal besting, <laughs> and that's due to Mr. Adrian Paul's training. You know, he's yeah. very, very, very hardcore about safety as well. Yeah, yeah they did a very good job of you know making you feel pretty secure in in the space and what you're doing. So, mm -hmm. you know, what was your level of experience before doing this thing? Absolutely zero point zero. Percent. <laughs> that's that Sword sounds about experience. right. That's uh, about where I was too. Eamon, how experienced a martial artist are you? Uh, very experienced. See, you're a dangerous man. You would have beaten both of us at once, and we need to respect that. That's why I didn't do it. That makes sense. Yeah, he watched. Also, yeah, also He's a watcher. <laughs> also, you are Doctor Octopus, so you could you could fight all of us at once. I have too many arms. It's not fair. <laughs> Did you dress up as Doctor Octopus? <laughs> Right now he's Halloween? in his Alfred Molina cosplay. Yeah, yeah. I can see that. Yeah. yeah, if I don't have the mustache, especially that works. It, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you guys? Like you, you didn't dress up for the for the costume last night, did you? No. Yeah. No, we did not. Here for but that. Yeah. Uh, you know, maybe next time we'll we'll yeah. play some real inside. I got a baseball. long black raincoat actually that I just wore the other day. It's, I've had it for like ten or fifteen years, but I wore it the other day for my my boss said that really looks cool. He said you look like one of the guys out of the Matrix, and I was I was hoping he'd say Highlander, but but yeah. you know, he's, it's <laughs> still too obscure to some people. But yeah, yeah, more different... more reminds me of that. That's why I kind of wear it too. So, yeah. 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 So how did you find the conditioning parts of the sword experience? What was well, your? That's kind of in a way, it's probably you know maybe not the part that people are supposed to or think they'll remember, but it probably is the the best part because it, you know, it's about strengthening your mind and your body and kind of getting your, your body ready for that experience and making it open to that experience. Yeah. You, you still feeling it now? <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. A little bit, yeah. yeah. But I think if I'd done both sessions, he did an extra session in the morning. I think if I'd done both sessions, I would have felt it even more. Yeah, yeah. a couple yeah. people did do that. It was kind of yeah. masochistic. So did you have like an approach? Did you have like a character for yourself when you were going at this thing? No, no, I was simply trying to keep track of not hitting you. <laughs> well, I do appreciate that. I stand here thoroughly unhit. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's a credit to your level of focus. That's, that's the problem, though, is that you, right, you can, it's two, two ways you can look at it. You can get too busy counting the moves or being too mathematic about it. But on the other hand, you have to really, I think, just get in the moment, which is what kind of acting, I think, is about, too, is being in the moment, as they say. Yeah, losing yourself in the moment. Yeah. So what made you want to do this sort of experience? Well, I've been a longtime fan of this franchise, and particularly the series since the, since the beginning. And, and, and obviously, I've been aware of following his work and aware of what he was doing with this. And this is the first one that was kind of close by one of these cons. And this con, obviously, the Islander Worldwide Ten, was, yeah. Yeah, uh, is, is the buzz. <laughs> you say, pun intended or not, yeah. is that it's possibly the last time a lot of these people are gathering together. So many buzzwords, <laughs> right? The puns are coming. Um, anyway, it all just worked, worked out, and, and the timing was open, a nice weekend, and, and it was all together, scheduled together, and I said, why not? If I'm going to do this, we have to go all out with this. So, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And now, did, were you ever concerned I was going to hit you? <laughs> no. Oh, Honestly, you never gave me that feeling because I, I just saw it. I saw a kind of natural, at least even from a so-called novice, a natural ability in you. But you, you did you have any prior sword experience? Or no? Yeah. no, I have uh, never done anything like that. I like to think I'm a kind of coordinated person, but then again, this kind of made a liar out of that theory. You're more, so. you're more no, you're more <laughs> coordinated than I am, at least in those three hours. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I kept missing. Do you remember how I kept missing, uh, like the third or fourth move on the first part? 
of of the the, oh. the, the, the sequence that we were learning was from uh, the episode called Glory Days. Glory Days, right, where he fights this cocky younger immortal in a garage, I think, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah, and I kept missing. I kept hitting you on the wrong side repeatedly on the third or fourth move of a certain move, and, and I could not get that right, so I apologize. But. Yeah, it's harder than <laughs> it looks, people. Uh, yeah. You see the sword work at home, and it looks like a cinch. Mm-hmm. But, you know, part of that is also the way they use the camera and the way they edit things together to really give you that Exactly, and hopefully, feel. let's see, he made a, wonder, a very wonderful use of, of actually directing a scene at the end of this experience the other day, and, and, and we'll see how it comes out in the edit. And if we're still, if both of us are still in there, I would hope, cross <laughs> your fingers, that we're not on the cutting room floor, as well, they yeah. say. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or as uh, yeah. Director Clay Boris would say, they cut to the dog yeah, every time yeah, they show yeah. us. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, when you're talking about the directing, you actually have a little bit of expertise in this area, right? A little bit. Yeah, not as, as a physical director, but I, I, I'm, a, I'm a professor of film studies at Towson University in Baltimore, and I so I, I write history, theory, aesthetics, critical studies of film, and, and uh, about most recently special effects, history, theory, and I wrote a, a chapter for a book, a science fiction, uh, a book on science fiction television within the last uh, 10 years or so. I wrote a chapter for that on Highlander, the series. Oh, yeah. Tell us more. What was the kind of thesis of your section? My, my chapter in that was about the kind of the, uh, the uh, critical study of the production aesthetic of the period in which the show was made. In other words, as many people ended up involved with the show, ended up mentioning during this weekend in many panels, uh, kind of arriving at a similar point, uh, the idea that the show was representative of a particular time in syndicated television production at the time, international syndicated television production, if people know what that means. And it represented, a, it was right at the moment of a significant period of change, I think, in, in production and technology. And, mm-hmm. and effects technology and production technology and digital technology and how all these things were kind of changing the industry in fundamental ways in the 1990s. So was Highlander emblematic of that change or was it driving it? I think it was part of both. In the television sphere, I think the show, yes, as many people have, I think, also indicated this weekend, the show has not really proper, properly been given credit, I think, for how, in certain ways, how forward-thinking it was in certain aspects of handling its production perspective and aesthetic at a time when, when many shows were still operating in the old-fashioned way um, of, of a kind of weekly episodic and, and kind of drawing out arcs and also dealing with kind of changing special effects and changing production standards and, of course, changing season locations. Every season, filming in two entirely different international locations. Yeah. Yeah, Canada and France. Yeah. So, keeping on your professor hat, what's your uh, what's your horse sense now? We haven't seen the rushes of the dailies or anything like that of our sword experience. Oh, together. of our, of our yeah. work together. But, but, but what's your assessment of the way that was shot? What are, you, what are you predicting the end product to look like? Oh, I predict I predict that it's going to look pretty interesting. He took us outside afterwards, which I wasn't quite expecting because we were ensconced originally in in a, in a in a salon here of a of the hotel, and and then for the last portion of it, he took us outside and choreographed a whole scene outside where he directed a couple of his his cameraman to kind of capture us in uh, the semi-finished choreography of that scene and so all I'm all I say is I hope we survive it but what he choreographed was very interesting in a kind of wide circular fashion of, of trying to capture everyone involved in that class performing their movements performing what the choreography that they learned and so I think it should look pretty interesting hopefully <laughs> when it comes out, yeah. why do you think Highlander has endured to now what do you think it is about it that keeps us here 25 years later. This is a big question, right? And Ken Gord, uh, one of the, the, the head producers here from, from the show originally, right, uh, he predicted many years ago that this, this show would be more popular or 
as popular or more popular, twice as popular, 25 years from its inception uh, than it was at the time. And he's very right, I think, in a sense, whether it's on through viewing on YouTube or otherwise. But but uh, but it, it's this common. Everybody else has noted this. For people who know the show or watch the show or are now rewatching it through you guys, everybody becomes aware of this. It just has this kind of unique mix of drama, of comedy, of action, thriller, mystery, suspense. Science fiction, almost in a way. Although I don't like Highlander being called science fiction. Fantasy uh, and the wonderful flashbacks that can be infinite, depending on whatever immortal character you bring in. And of course, Mythos being one of the oldest immortals, bringing him in, and he has an inf almost infinite lifespan that you could expand upon for years and years of a show. But that is not the choice that they made for the spinoff, unfortunately. Yeah. All right, ready for some rapid fire, and we'll sure. close it out. Yeah. All right. Connor or Duncan? Duncan. Ooh, Duncan. Does that? Who's your favorite? But I TV am a. But I am a big fan of the original film too. So yeah, yeah. Well, I, I saw that first. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, who's your favorite TV show hero? From this show? Yeah. Hero? Yeah, see, that's a broad Ooh. definition right. too. Here, here, yeah. yeah. TV show character. We'll go with yeah. just character. From this show? Yeah. It's a tough choice, but I have to say Mythos. Yeah. Ooh, he's yeah. giving it to Mythos. Yeah. Favorite episode? Yeah. Duende. That's obvious. Or Ooh. Deliverance. Good choices yeah. all around. Yeah. The Zone or Bless the Child? <laughs> I'm trying to remember Bless the Child. I'm sorry. I'm not. Ooh, quite uh, there's a mine that's leeching to... mercury, and then he like runs through the woods, and there's a bear. Wow. I think I'll say I'll say this. I think anything is better than the Zone. So well. <laughs> anything is more rewatchable, quote unquote, than the Zone. zone. So yeah, yeah. Awesome. Well, Michael, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us. It was a lot of fun. Thank you for uh, fighting with me. and uh, Thank you, know, you for having me, patience with me. Yeah, keeping me safe and in good hands. And thank you guys for the work that you do, and I'll continue to follow it. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, maybe next time the sort experience is on the East Coast, maybe we'll bump into each other again. Yeah, <laughs> I look forward to it. All right, we are here at Highlander Worldwide Day... One official, two... Yeah. Two unofficial, one official number two in my heart, I think is what it is. Uh, yeah, that works. That's good. And we are here with two special return guests on the show, uh, Derek May and Daniel Shaw. How are you guys doing? We're doing very well. Thank you very much. Having a great time. Thank you. Friends of the pod, last time we spoke was at a another con, which I... <laughs> yes, I the con that shall not be named. Yeah, I, I <laughs> gathered that that was the title that it had, <laughs> it had garnered since then. It'll come back if you say the name again. <laughs> yeah. Is that last con? Hmm. Oh, no. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Seven years bad luck right there. Yeah. But uh, at that time, you told us all about your project, Veritas. That's right. Can you, yes. for anyone who maybe didn't hear that episode give us a, a, a quick rundown of what that was well highlander veritas is a uh, a fan film that we made with stop motion animation sort of a web series format it went over very well we released it about about a year ago in august of last year right before not too long before that con you know it just told it, it was basically a sequel to endgame a direct sequel to endgame which we attempted to bring back Connor McLeod since a lot of people were very upset about his untimely and, you know, controversial end. And uh, also attempted to, you know, address and or fix a few of the well-known continuity issues that exist in our favorite franchise. So. There are continuity issues in Highlander? <laughs> I, that's the rumor I hear. Oh, yeah. I, I thought we were presently on Zeist. <laughs> so. <laughs> you have anything to add to that? No. 
There you go. Riveting stuff. This uh, is why he's the silent partner. So. <laughs> With a very good Mythos impression, if I recall. Were you getting flashbacks seeing Peter Wigfield here today? I actually bumped into him in the hall not too long ago. My mouth actually went dry almost immediately. <laughs> and I did not do my impression for him. Does he know you do one? Uh, I told him that I worked on the project and that yeah. I voiced his character. And, uh, you know, he was very polite about it. He said, oh, that's really cool and everything. Uh, <laughs> but I didn't do the impression for it. Are you planning to, or are you going to wuss out? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I think um, I think he's had more than enough of that sort of thing from fans. So. Okay. Well, if Mythos was here right now and you had the cho- option to do the Mythos voice, just pretend I, this is like therapeutic. It's like, yeah. I'm Peter Wigfield. What would you say to me in Mythos voice? I'm putting you on the spot. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm not okay. actually that. I'm not actually that sorry, but I'm a little <laughs> bit sorry. <laughs> Why aren't you stepping up to the plate? Here you are, once in a lifetime, and you're pussing out. <laughs> that was good. Bravo. Yeah. Bravo. Let's get the- As I was saying, we, you know, I'll say this literally. We could not have done this without Daniel and doing his mythos because that was a key character, and of course, in, in Veritas. And he killed it. He absolutely nailed it, as you just heard. I mean, a lot of the the performance work is pretty spectacular in Veritas. Thank you. Do do you you have uh, any plans to reprise some of those characters in the future? Anything coming up? Yes. Funny you should mention that. Um, Yes. The first was very well received, far more than, honestly, we had any right to expect. And because of that, we said, well, okay, let's, you know, let's look at where we can take this and if we want to do some more. And, you know, we, we took our time trying to find ideas. You know, I'm, I'm not a person that uh, believes in doing a sequel just for the sake of a sequel, just to say you're doing it or just because something's, you know, received well. If there's not a proper story to tell, there's no point in telling the story. I mean, that's why we did Veritas, because I thought we had a good story to tell. But, you know, luckily people agreed. And so we've come up with what I think is a very nice, uh, solid continuation. Um, so we are looking at a season two, you know, I call it season, if you can call it that. And it will be a, a sequel to Veritas, but it's also taking it in a completely different sort of direction. We will have returning characters, but we will also be exploring several new characters. Ooh. Yes. N- new to Highlander or just new, new to, to Veritas? Veritas? New to oh, Veritas, okay. but very, very familiar to Highlander and Highlander fans. And we will be seeing combinations of characters interacting that we have never seen in Highlander before. Some have been referenced and some haven't. You know, that's part of the fun is, you know, it's like anything. It's like any franchise. You see, you know, Kirk and Picard together and you're like, oh, man, that is cool. That's what I wanted to see. You know, you saw Christoph and Adrian together. You saw Connor and Duncan together and you said, oh, my God, that was it. That's what I wanted to see. So, you know... We wanted to see characters that maybe, you know, haven't come together before. And, of course, not force it. And so we wanted to explore who might have interesting things to say to each other, who might not really get along and have completely different ideological approaches to life and to the game and to everything else. And so these are some of the themes that we're looking to explore. And I'm trying not to give too much away. But um, Listen, can we get a can we get a little tidbit? A I can little, get you. I can get you a little tidbit. A, a little taste. A little taste. A little taste. I will say that this season, because we've got one under our belt, we are upping the ante a little bit. I'll tell you that it's going to be four episodes, but the length will be a little bit 
longer than the last season. But it also in upping the ante, we are bringing in not just amazing voice actors that we have, like Daniel and Don Heimel, who did our Joe, who a fantastic actor, fantastic Joe. But this time, we're bringing in some members of the Highlander family. And what? Yeah. Hey, yo. Yeah. Are any of them at this convention? Yes. Are any of them in this room? Um, not in this room, no. Are any of them possibly. signing autographs right yes. now? How long can we keep this bit going? <laughs> Are I'll, give you, I'll give you at least one. Adrian I, Paul. No, yeah, that would be amazing. Yeah. That would be amazing. That would be amazing. <laughs> Likely not, but I will say that Anthony DeLongis has agreed graciously to appear and will be voicing at least one very interesting character. That's exciting. Yeah, and maybe a few others. I don't want to give too much more away, but yes, we're looking at a couple of other, you know, invitees, and so, uh, you know, stay tuned. You heard it here first, folks. That's yeah. right. You have heard it here first. I haven't really told anybody yeah. that stuff. Fr friend of the pod and friend of Highlander Veritas, yes. Anthony DeLongis. That's right. That's right. Doing some voice acting. Yeah. Well, that's pretty exciting. He's a great guy. He really is. He's so nice, and like yesterday, I took his bullwhip class for the second time since that con and uh and of course the the katana and longsword class and he's a fantastic teacher a fantastic guy um so generous with not only his knowledge but his time and and uh his his frankly talent and so uh we are just absolutely blown away to to have him aboard and hopefully do him and you know his mystery character uh justice we're all very intrigued by this mystery character. Yeah. One day we might learn the truth, the oh yes of the yes yes yes. yes. So what was the on that subject? Mm -hmm. did, was there an inspiration? I didn't pick this up when last we had spoke, but it occurred to me that all of the episode names were kind of courtroom discovery devices. Yes. What was kind of the origin of that? Do the way of attacking the concept that way? Yeah, you know, um, yeah, it's funny you you picked up on that. Uh, yeah, you know. Of course, all episodes have titles, and um, we were looking at, you know, again, where, what are we saying with each of these episodes? It's not just about, okay, we're moving from A to B, we're, you know, we're getting this character, we get a line here, a funny line there, something like that. That's all great, but what is, what is this about? You know, what is this saying? And so I picked the theme of the sort of, you know, lawyer legal stuff because... This is almost, you know, it played out almost a little bit like a courtroom discovery of information, of evidence, you know. And so each of the episodes is aptly named in order to reveal a certain thing at a certain point. I don't know if we'll continue that with the second season. We may come up with something different because the second season's theme is going to be a little bit different. But yeah, it was just, a, it was a device to, to kind of punctuate that idea. Awesome. Is there going to be a similar thematic glue for the next one? I'm just here fishing for details, like a little. Thematically, yes, yes. The 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 next, you know, the first season we did five episodes plus two flashbacks, so seven episodes really total, and they all contributed to one overarching sort of theme, which was getting at the truth, the veritas, of not just what happened to Connor, but the truths that Mythos revealed in it. The truth, not just about things that happen, but sort of about character, because it's it, you know it wasn't just about this event that happened. It was about Duncan sort of feeling lied to and manipulated, and 
you know, how could his brother participate in this? Mythos, we were eh, well, you know, that's Mythos. You know? <laughs> you know, it's not that hard, even though it pissed him off. But, you know, for Connor to have done that and Duncan reeling from that this information, that truth. And, of course, Joe's perspective on that is this truth coming out. And as a watcher, how that affects him and his profession and all that other stuff. So, you know, there was this running theme going through there of this sort of information being revealed, how you assimilate that, and then where that ultimately leaves you at the end. How, how do you deal with it? Do you either, okay, screw you guys, I'm done with you all, which Duncan has been known to do, or does he forgive his brother and, and just, you know, enjoy the fact that everyone's alive and they're happy in return? And in the end, that's what he chooses, a little more positive, you know, and so... In continuation of the theme of this season, we are still touching on that because we are still dealing with the repercussions of what happened, you know, of this thing that happened with, between Mythos and Duncan and Connor and this manipulation that happened. We don't just drop it and say, well, that was tough. And, you know, you know it's, no, there's, there's ripples that, you know, that continue. And, you know, we'll do that to a certain extent, but we also will be the main focus will be on some other characters' perspective on what happened and how that challenges them personally and how what they think about that clash of perspectives and what we'll see kind of happening with that. Stay tuned, listeners. Yes. So there's also a, a huge kind of practical challenge in making a stop-motion Very animation. Very yes. And do I understand correctly, Daniel, you're the, you do the, a lot of the heavy lifting on the creation of the, the individual figures and divining the uh, the true characters that lie within? Well, as far as um, you know, the logistics of making the animation, I helped him kind of discover how that initial process is done, but construction of the figures, yeah. that's all done by Derek. Oh, Because he built that. the one-six scale I figures. apologize. <laughs> but no, you know, and uh, once we go back on the second season, definitely want to dive back into behind-the-scenes camera work mm -hmm. and the manipulation of the figures. You know, mm -hmm. that part wanted to get back to being a part of. Great. You know, the, the best place right now uh, to find us is on Facebook, you know, our Facebook page, Highlander Veritas. You know, we're, we're constantly kind of posting updates about that. Um, and as we develop more of uh, the second season, we're going to try and, and post more updates there. You know, the first time, it was kind of hidden until we released it. You know, I, I think I, I didn't create the, the Facebook page until like a month, you know, if that. Yeah. Uh, and plus, you know, we were, you were talking about practical stuff. We were trying to figure out how, do, how does this work, you know, rights-wise, copyrights, that sort of thing. And so now that all of that has kind of worked itself out, at this point, while we're developing, we can be a little more open about releasing information, keeping fans up to date, that sort of thing. And so um, that's the best place to find us. We'll keep updating as, as much as we possibly can without giving too much away, of course. You know. Sounds good. Well, you know where to find them at Highlander Veritas. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us, guys. Are you having a good con? Oh, is absolutely. It, yeah, what, this is fantastic. What is the highlight of the con for the, the men of Veritas? I'll let Daniel go first. Uh, so far, definitely getting to talk to Peter Wingfield one-on-one. Uh, uh, I also got to show, uh, get Jim Burns to sign a, a picture of Beast Wars Inferno. He Whoa, that, that, is, that is a throwback right there. Yeah, and the, the ant that he transforms yes. into an ant. I and had I just, that toy I just want up. everyone to just take a moment and picture Jim Burns in a recording studio shouting and laughing maniacally. 
yelling burn a yes. lot. It's like an ant who's like, butt is a flamethrower or something. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and just a second ago, he actually did for me. He goes, for the royalty. That's like, amazing. You couldn't ask for more than that. You've really taken me back to a place. <laughs> you know, for myself, you know, aside from yesterday, which was great, you know, uh, I got to help uh, Lizzie do her fan kata class again, um, which was, was a, a great for me, and I really enjoyed helping her out and, and, and getting to know her. But I think today, you know, just, just actually, yeah, just a few minutes ago, meeting Abramovitz, I kind of mentioned to him, you know, that he was a huge inspiration for Veritas because, and for me personally, because of his approach, Highlander could easily, and if you look at the first season, you can sort of see it, just this baddie of the week, action show, not much depth, a lot of color, a lot of flash, and that's about it. And Abramovitz, you know, had, really took it to the next level. So, you know, I got to, to tell Abramovitz how much, you know, he influenced me with his approach to depth of character, looking for morality tales, looking for, you know, something deeper, and what is the theme, what is the crux of the show, you know, where do you take these characters and what sort of moral message are you trying to send with your hero? And that is what I really tried to do in my own work, and especially with Veritas, is we dig down into the characters and how these events really affect them deeply at a personal level. And when, he, when I told him that, he was just blown away and was so thankful. And I gave him a copy of the DVD, and hopefully he'll watch it and like it. And, you know, so uh, that, that was a major highlight for me. Great. Thank you so much for joining us, guys. Remember to go find Highlander Veritas on Facebook. Check out the first season if you hadn't already. And stay tuned for more coming down the pipeline. Yeah, thanks, guys. Have a good convention. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Hey, everyone. Thanks again for joining us this week as we look back at the Highlander Worldwide Convention. Kyle, would you do this sort of experience again? A hundred percent, especially if I could do it with you, Keith. Ah, that would be a lot of fun. We were forbade to do it together by, by AP himself. AP himself. But if you could have accidentally hit me in the face instead, how much a better story would that have been? It would have been great. I would have hit harder, too. <laughs> yes. It's true. Also, I think we would have done the shit out of it together. It would have been awesome. Because we did, actually, at the end, we quickly ran through it. And there were a little, it was, some hiccups, but we did it way better. Yeah, we would have gotten our own spinoff, I think, if we had. Bravo. Adri- AP would be like, I'm you sorry. guys are great. <laughs> oh, my God. I'll give you a spinoff. Eamon, would you uh, interview Wendy P again? It's okay. It's, it's okay to say no. Anytime. Anytime. All right. Yeah. Wendy P is a delight. No, we we thanks everybody uh, who participated and interviewed uh, with us at the convention. Wendy P, Colton D, Highlander Veritas, and Michael F. Thanks for joining us this week. This beak. This beak. Thanks again for joining us this week. This well, beak. What is this? The modern Prometheus? <laughs> that child with the beak face. Yeah. That's right. So join us again next week where we're going to be talking. Season 5, Episode 17, The Modern Prometheus. We've been your rewatchers. I'm Keith. This is Kyle. This is Amy. Bye. 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 Oh, that was very good. You typed it all out and everything. <laughs> what? I, I didn't want to fuck it up. No, it's just genuine. Genuine?